Hello and welcome to MacPreneur, the show that explores how entrepreneurs from all around the world run their business on Apple Gear. My name is Damien Schroers and here we go for episode 10. So, who are you and where are you calling from? My name's Kate Erickson from Entrepreneurs on Fire, and I'm calling from Puerto Rico. Welcome to the show, Kate. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. Well, it's, it's an honor to be able to interview a successful fellow podcaster like you. And um, so for the listeners who might not know about you, could you please explain what you do? And uh, if there was, was such a thing of a typical day at uh, Entrepreneur on Fire, what would it look like? <laughs> okay, great questions. I love it. So um, like I said, my name is Kate. Uh, together with my uh, life partner, John Lee Dumas, we run a business and a podcast called Entrepreneurs on Fire. Um, Entrepreneurs on Fire started off as a daily podcast where John would interview today's most successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. Just recently, after we hit episode 2000, we're coming up on our sixth year with the podcast. Um, we decided to switch it up. We now do interviews once a week and a live Q&A show uh, once a week as well, which is going great. Um, so the business is kind of set up where John is the face and the voice and the person that you probably recognize the most. And I'm more of a behind the scenes, creating the systems, putting the funnels together, uh, managing our CRM systems and a lot of the technology in the back end of the business. So a typical day <laughs> is, is usually pretty crazy. I mean, we're very lucky to have this uh, lifestyle business for the most part where, you know, we are location independent. Um, like I said, I'm calling from Puerto Rico. We moved to Puerto Rico from the uh, mainland states, uh, gosh, two and a half years ago now. Um, and so we're really enjoying being location independent, traveling a lot with the business. And so really a typical day when we're at home is a pretty full work day because we do have that flexibility to go and travel for months at a time where our work days look very, very different, where maybe we're, you know, we're checking in and making sure that things are running smoothly, like one to two hours a day. But a typical work day is, you know, getting up. Um, I'm very strict with my systems and my routines and my habits. So I'm always doing a workout in the morning, putting the right foods and liquids in my body, um, sitting down to work and having my four big goals for the day. That's how I start my work day is setting up the four things that I absolutely must get done that day. And that way I prevent myself from, you know, getting into the black hole of like emails or social media, stuff like that. Of course, those things are very important in your business. So I'm definitely paying attention to them at some point, but not before I accomplish the four things that I want to get done that day. And that's typically, you know, maybe working on a new funnel that we're putting together, um, maybe creating new content for our online communities where like, for example, we have one where we teach other people how to podcast. Um, so that type of, that type of stuff. And uh, yeah, and your your own your very own podcast, uh, Kate's Take. Yes, yeah, that that takes up a good amount of time as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know you're very good with systems, so I'm I'm pretty sure you're batching batching the recording and the editing and the publishing and so on, right? Yes, definitely. But I will say with a topic-based show, it's a little bit different than the interview podcast and in that uh, you know, you batch interviews and, and you're able to, you know, maybe do two, three, hopefully four recordings at a time. And with a topic based show, I find that the preparation of the content for me is really uh, taking up the most mental bandwidth uh, and focus for me. So sometimes I'll sit down and try and batch like three or four episodes at a time writing out the content. But I do mine kind of like an audio blog style, as you know. So I will write, you know, sometimes a 1500 or a 2000 word post. And that's just one of my episodes. So I try my best with batching, but sometimes I run out of mental bandwidth space. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, and for the listeners who, who don't know about your podcast, um, really they, they need to check it out if they want to have really, um, especially for the, the systems part of it and the the, the processes. Uh, and you ha you had a season, right? All about uh, systems and processes, if I remember correctly. Yes, I did. That was season two of Kate's Take, um, where I focused all on systems and processes for your business. So thank you for that. I really enjoy doing the podcast. And, you know, Damien, like you're saying, really what I focus on is the back end of a business. Like, how do you actually run the business that you hear about on the Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast? I kind of give a behind the scenes look at that, you know, how we're setting up, setting up systems, how we're putting together these funnels how we're running campaigns and that sort of stuff. So for how long actually have you been an entrepreneur and uh, how did you get there? Uh, so I took my first entrepreneurial leap in 2011, late in 2011, and I tried to start my own business uh, called Kate's Copy. And that was going to be a copywriting business where I was going to try and help brick and mortar businesses take their presence online. So I was trying to pitch like, let me help you build a website and let me help you get the right copy on that website so that you're SEO friendly and that you could get indexed in Google and all this stuff, which honestly at the time I didn't really know what I was talking about. Like I kind of had a background in advertising and marketing and um, I knew that I could provide value to these businesses, but I had a really, really hard time expressing that well. Um, I, I'm very introverted, so I was not good at just showing up to a business and introducing myself and trying to pitch myself. And so I struggled for six months straight. I did not get one customer. I never kind of like broke through and gained that momentum to where I was like, okay, this is a really good idea. I should continue pursuing this. And I had completely quit my job. So I didn't have an income coming in or anything. Um, so my first entrepreneurial leap was pretty short-lived. I ended up going back to corporate, got an amazing job at an advertising and marketing firm, and really loved that position a lot. I learned so much. I had really great mentors at that agency. It was a small agency. So it was a really great opportunity to kind of delve deeper into that whole world. Um, and it was while I was working at that advertising and marketing agency that John launched the podcast. So he launched the podcast Entrepreneurs on Fire solo by himself. 
Um, and it was maybe about six months post launch that I ended up quitting my job to join the team. So I really haven't been an entrepreneur for that long. I grew up in the very like typical, um, go to college, you know, get a degree, whatever your degrees in, that's what your career is going to be. And you enter at the bottom of the corporate ladder and you climb it. And hopefully one day you'll become a manager, but who knows? Um, so I'm very grateful to have been exposed to this whole entrepreneur world because I can't imagine where I would be today if I wasn't right where I am. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I totally relate uh, with you because yeah the the prospecting aspect is the the thing especially for introverts mm. uh, like like us is the the toughest part actually of uh, running a business uh, finding customers and getting in front of, of clients and also not only that but being able to to sell yourself or your your services it's i think it's more selling yourself when we're doing more uh, in-person client work mm -hmm. because it doesn't really matter the, the knowledge you have and or how good you are if if the person in front of you does not trust you or does not yeah believe in you it's uh, it's it's really difficult yeah totally relate and <laughs> um, so so now that um, you've joined uh, John at Entrepreneur on Fire um, I know you're uh, an Apple kind of girl right <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so what what uh, apple devices uh, are you using right now what's your setup uh, okay so i have a macbook pro um which i love i have an iphone uh maybe a 6s so i'm a little bit behind on the iphone <laughs> iphone part Um, my Apple earbuds, of course, I have the, uh, wireless mouse, which I absolutely love. Um, I also have the, uh, Apple keyboard. Um, and I think that completes my Apple setup. I have a very simple setup. I'm not one to have like a lot of equipment. I like to keep it really simple, especially because, like I said, we travel a lot. So it's nice for me to know that I could close my laptop and, you know, grab my stuff and be able to go. So that's my setup right now. Okay. Uh, do you have an external monitor plugged into your MacBook or? Nope, just my MacBook. Just the MacBook. Uh -huh. Okay. And so what, what made you choose actually Apple? Did you start from the beginning on Apple products or? Yeah, so actually I was always a PC person. Um, my dad growing up was uh, in IT at a newspaper. And so he worked all on like Microsoft PC. Um, and so that's what I saw at home. And like when I went away to college, I remember getting my first computer. It was so massive and so heavy. <laughs> and it was a PC, a laptop. Um, and I remember seeing other people using Macs because actually my roommate in college was like at a creative design school. And so she was always on her Mac computer. And I was always intrigued, like watching her do what she did on the computer, because I'm like, I don't think I can do that on my computer. So that kind of like planted a seed. Um, but of course, going through college and even after I graduated college, I didn't really have the disposable income to be able to just say like, oh, I'm going to go switch to Mac and figure that out. 
Um, so I stuck with PC and then actually, um, how I said that I quit Kate's coffee and went to the advertising and marketing agency, um, when I went back to corporate, so this is only six years ago, really seven years ago, um, they said, do you want to work on a PC or do you want to work on a Mac? And I thought, huh, nobody's ever asked me that question before, but now I actually have the opportunity for somebody else to invest in a Mac for me. <laughs> and working at an agency, I was a, an account manager. And so I was like the liaison between the creative department, the agency and a client of ours, one of our biggest clients. And I always saw the all the creative guys use a Mac. And so I thought, I'll probably be able to best communicate and understand what they're doing if I understand a Mac. So that was my first experience with a Mac. I took the leap. I, I went onto a Mac computer and it was kind of a big learning curve, but I would say maybe within a week I was feeling pretty comfortable and um, really happy that I switched. <laughs> and yeah, I've been using Mac ever since. And the iPhone came after that or you already had an iPhone before? Yeah, no, the, I, I didn't switch to iPhone until I switched to an uh, Apple computer. So um, I thought, now that I'm on an Apple computer, maybe it will be easier for me to transition to an iPhone. And I think it probably even took me like a year after I got uh, my MacBook Pro to then say, okay, now I, I feel like I'm really comfortable in the software. I know it's going to be an easy transition to an iPhone. And so then that's when I got an iPhone. When I when I look at my clients, it's actually usually the opposite. So they they start with an iPhone or an iPad, uh -huh. and then they like it so much that when they need to change their computer, usually a PC, they are thinking, okay, I like that iPhone, I like that Apple product. Uh, so yeah, let's let's see and let's try a Mac. And, and for those kind of, of persons, actually, it's a, bit, it's a bit more difficult for them because the, the iPhone and the iPad, are, the, the user interface is so simple that when they switch from a PC to a Mac, they actually, the problem is, is not that it's difficult, it's their expectations, right? They're, they're expecting the Mac to work as uh, seamlessly or maybe as, to be as easy or intuitive as an iOS device. And unfortunately, it's, it's not, it's still a computer operating system, right? Yeah, <laughs> a, a, little, <laughs> a little more bells and whistles. Yeah. <laughs> so, do, so on your MacBook Pro, which are the two, three applications that, that you use the most? Um, okay, so I'm not, these are really, I use Keynote a lot. Um, which can you use keynote on a pc i don't think you can it's only no, for no. mac right well you you could use it on a pc but uh, through a web browser so oh, okay. there, there is a there is a web version of keynote mm -hmm. but it doesn't have the all the, the features of the the desktop app or the ios or iphone or ipad app uh-huh Um, so uh, I use Keynote quite often um, because when we create like trainings for our online communities or if I'm working on a presentation, I'm usually putting it together in Keynote. So I really love that. Um, definitely use Adobe Audition and Photoshop a lot. 
Um, so I have the creative cloud, which is great because it, you know, gives you access to all of those programs and in, in one subscription. Um, and so I'm, I'm working in Photoshop quite often to create, you know, assets for the website or for our communities, for social media, and then, um, Adobe edition for the podcast. That's where I record and edit all my episodes. Um, so I would probably say, and of course, iTunes, I'm in iTunes a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's probably like the top applications, like directly on my Mac. Um, but if we're talking about like tools and, and resources that I use for the Mac, you know, I mean, I could go on and on. And I guess also Safari must be uh, used quite a lot uh, through the different online services that you might be using uh, at Entrepreneur on Fire? Yeah, so that's interesting. I actually don't use Safari. <laughs> um, I, uh, I use Google Chrome um, most often. Um, I'm, I'm not sure why in my Apple transition, I never quite got used to Safari. Um, on my iPhone, I use it, of course, because, you know, it's automatically going to open it in Safari when you click on links and stuff on your phone. Um, but I actually tend to trend towards um, Google Chrome. And I also find that because I'm doing like a lot of user testing and, you know, creating like these forms and Uh, training materials and membership sites that we're putting out there, I find that usually most common, that's what other people are using. So it's a good way for me to be able to test uh, like the highest percentage of user actions. Uh, if I remember correctly, you mentioned in one of the, your episodes that you're also using Google Uh, G Suite, right, for, for, the, for your business. So yeah. that, that makes sense as well that Uh, Google uh, web services work better in Google Chrome than in Safari. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And um, on your iPhone, which uh, applications do you use the most? On my iPhone, probably, uh, well, I have the mail app on there. Um, that is the whatever mail app they put on the iPhone I use that to connect to my, my Gmail and everything. Um, so I'm in that a lot. The uh, calendar app I use a lot. Um, definitely super helpful to remind me of what I'm supposed to be doing at any given time. <laughs> um, I'm a big calendar person, so I pretty much schedule everything in my day. Um, so, so that's really helpful in keeping me on track. And um, Of course, iMessages. I use iMessages a lot for communication. Um, yeah, I would say those are probably the top three things on, on the iPhone. Do you have the, the phone app in the, in the dock? So at the, at the bottom of your iPhone? Or, or if, I, if I may ask, what, what do you have in, in your dock? Oh, yeah. So I have, uh, let me see. I have from on the bottom... Uh, I have my messages, the phone, the camera, and my email. And that's what I have um, across the bottom. The, so, so I guess those are the four that I use the most often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, I don't know if you know uh, the, about the podcast Mac Power Users. Mm -mm, no. It's a, it's a great one. Uh, you, you might like it, actually. It's... Uh, Uh, David Sparks and Katie Floyd. Oh, okay. Yeah, I definitely recognize their names. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. They're they're reaching their 500 uh, 
500 episode milestone. Wow! I think I think, I think this year and uh, from from time to time they post um, screenshots of their home screen, the the, the iPhone home screen, and uh, they actually now have a new community. Before they were on Facebook, they had a Facebook group, and now they're using a system, a new system that I discovered. It's called Discourse. Uh, D-I-S-C-O-U-R-S-E and um, so they, it's a kind of a forum but it's, a, it's an advanced kind of forum uh, solution and one of the topics is um, is about the, your iPhone on home screen so you can, we can see each other's uh, the way we arranged our our applications okay what what do we put at the bottom of the home screen at the top of the home screen and so on that's really interesting because i have so many friends where like i'll see them pull out their iphone and they just have everything everywhere and i'm and all these notifications and red like you know the bubbles like and i give one of my friends a really hard time because like she'll open it i'm like how can you even open that and not get so stressed out like your applications are just everywhere and like mine I have them all in the little folders and <laughs> and organized quite nicely so that'd be really interesting I guess to see like how other people have it set up you probably get a load of great ideas from that too yeah actually I borrowed uh, an idea I think it was from uh, Katie Floyd that uh, she she had themes for the different rows so so I have a row that's all about uh, music and one that is for fitness, one for communication. And that's a nice way. I, I like I like this that way of organizing apps. Yeah. I, I tend not to have too many folders on the first screen, on the home screen. But afterwards, it's, it's only folders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have all so you have all the apps like over your whole home screen. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, OK. Oh, yeah, on the home screen. I have an iPhone 8 Plus. Uh -huh. So I have the, the luxury to have an additional row of icons. Ah, okay. So I have uh, I have six rows of icons before the dock, in addition to the dock on the on the 8 Plus. Ah. And uh, yeah, trying also to, to put the different icons based on the colors so that there is no two icons with the same color to close to each other. Otherwise, <laughs> you misfire an app. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I just, so I don't have the only thing on my home screen is what's in my dock. I don't have anything else on the home screen. So yeah, that's interesting. That's good though. I like the themes and the rows and stuff. I will, I will put a link in the show notes to the, to the discourse forum. Yeah. Uh, so now we're going to the segment, which, which I call the, the haha moment segment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is there any tip or trick that you discovered recently on one of your devices that you wished you knew before? Yes, actually, um, this was just, we were doing a, a Q&A with our podcasting community last week, and we started talking about Text Expander, which is an incredible tool. I use it every single day. It saves me loads of time. And it's basically creating short keys for like words, phrases, sentences, paragraphs, you name it. Um, really, really great tool if you're not using that. And so I was talking about how I use that on my computer every day and that I thought that they had an iPhone app, but even when I put it on my iPhone, I still wasn't 
able to get it to trigger correctly. So I would be on my iPhone replying to an email or something. I'd try to use a text expander and it wouldn't work. Uh, and so John says, oh, well, you know, you could do that with just within is built into the iPhone for you to be able to create those uh, shortcuts. And I never knew that. And so I'll have to go in there. I went in there and I looked and they have like one preset one that says, you know, I don't know, something like, I'll meet you there, or, you know, just like a typical response that you might say. Um, but I never knew about that area where you could create those shortcuts. So I'm excited to dive into that and create some of those because it can really save you so much time. Yeah, it's, it's pretty well hidden, actually, in the, in the settings. Yes. And the one trick that, uh, that I'm using, it's actually to use these to expand emojis that are maybe not those that you use often. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that you could make emojis a part of it. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so you you type you know, like a comma or a semicolon or things like that, and uh, then it can expand into uh, an emoji. Or I have one which is um, I think it is dash dash done, and then I have the the green checkmark emoji that's uh, appearing. Uh -huh. yeah, it's a nice way also to use that to expand emojis without the need for a text expander. Yeah, great. Um, so you, yeah, you were mentioning that you were using uh, Mail and you, so you're using G Suite. Uh, did you know that actually um, Microsoft Outlook on the iPhone is one of the best apps for uh, Gmail. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was I was surprised, and uh, I tried it. And since then, I am only using uh, Outlook now to to check my uh, my Google uh, emails. No kidding. How come you think it's better than the other mail apps? There is a, a great feature in Outlook, which is the that. It segregates important emails from non-important emails. Uh. So, if you go on on gmail.com, uh, you will see everything in your inbox. Mm -hmm. But in Outlook, it's smart enough to actually realize. I think it's using uh, the amount of time, the n the number of conversations that you might have, and the importance of uh, conversations based on the past. Looking at the past. Ah. And so it automatically segregates email. And so that's really one of the features that I like because so it's called the focused uh, inbox. Mm -hmm. And so you have focused, which is what it, what it believes it's important for you. And then you have other and everything else is, is there. So ah. it's an automatic filtering. Okay. Yeah, that's really interesting. I've, I've also started exploring using the Boomerang app. Do you use Boomerang for Gmail? I use uh, Streak, which oh, okay. is equivalent to, to Boomerang. Yeah. yeah for delayed, delayed sending and read receipts and yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the Boomerang, uh, they haven't had it for very long, but they just came out with an iPhone app. And so I've been trying to get into the habit of using that because it's not like an add-on that you could put on to your mail app. Like you have to use the Boomerang app to be in your inbox for it to work. And so I haven't quite gotten in the habit yet, but that's interesting about the Outlook app. I'll have to check it out. And it, in, it incorporates also the calendar. 
So in the same app, you can switch between your mail and your calendar. And then the last feature that, that I really love because I'm, I'm a quite security conscious is that uh, you can use Touch ID to access the app. Ah, oh, okay. So that if, even if you, well, let's say you lend your iPhone to, to a friend or relative, even in that uh, case, they cannot access the, your emails, right? Yeah, that's very nice. With the mail app, well, they, get, they have your phone, they, access, they can access your emails. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, so you have an iPhone 6S. Do you have any plans to, to upgrade it? And uh, if so, what, what are you uh, looking up to? Yeah, so uh, John got the 10 not too long ago, and uh, I was kind of waiting for him to be the guinea pig with it and to see what he thought about it. Um, just because, you know, it doesn't have the home screen button, the screen's a little bit smaller, I think, but, but because it's maximized, I think it's actually the same size. It just doesn't have the, um, outside of the phone, like the six and I think the eight too. Is the eight the same size as the 10? Yeah, roughly. Okay. So I'm, I'm thinking about upgrading to the 10 again. I just kind of wanted to see how he felt about it. He's really loving the 10. So I'll probably uh, be getting that upgrade soon. And your MacBook Pro? Yeah, I, I probably could use an upgrade on that. I think I've had this one that I'm using now for almost three years, um, which I guess really not that long. What I really need to probably be better about. So a new app that I downloaded not too long ago is called Clean My Mac. And so it works in the background to, you know, scrape all the like files that you would never use or that don't actually do anything to help clear up space. And then I also have a passport for Mac that um, I use like a time machine. Um, so uh, I've been trying to be really good about just using that once a week, um, the passport in order to get all my files onto an external drive. Um, and then that way, you know, I can clear out all of these massive files on my computer, like my podcast uh, episodes, um, you know, all the videos that I have on my computer, because I think right now it just seems slow because I just have too much stuff on it. So um, that's something that I'm really trying to focus on, because I think once I could get those files off from it, that I probably won't need to upgrade it. I'll, it will run much better that way. Um, but I have been considering getting the bigger one because right now um, I have the the bigger, I, I don't have the, like the really big screen. And I had considered, like you said, doing uh, like a, a plugging in like an additional screen, like a standalone screen um, so that it, I could see like on a bigger level. Um, but I don't think I'm willing to do that just because I don't I don't want to feel any different when I'm traveling than when I'm in the office. Uh, so I think I'm going to try and upgrade to a bigger screen and, and maybe that will help. Yeah, then then I my advice is really to go in an in an Apple store and uh, test the weight of the 15 inch uh, MacBook Pro because it's it's slightly heavier yeah. than the 13 inch. So, well, it's not a, a big deal, but uh, yeah, if you if you travel a lot, that might be a criteria for you to to stick with the 13 inch versus the the 15 inch. Yeah, definitely, I'll do that. Do you have the 
touch bar on your current MacBook Pro? No, uh-uh. And it's funny because just uh, just last week I was with a friend at a co-working space and I took out my computer and he said, what's wrong with your computer? And I said, nothing's wrong with my computer. It's great. And he goes, it's so ancient. You don't even have the touch bar. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't even know that there was a one with a touch bar. But uh, he said, oh, you need to upgrade to get the touch bar. Is that like, I'm not even sure what the benefits of it are. Do you use that one? No, no, I, I don't have a MacBook Pro uh. with a touch bar. I have a, still an older MacBook Air. Uh-huh. And... Uh, yeah, personally, I don't see the, I, I don't see the reason to switch to that kind of, yeah, of model. Um, supposedly, you have um, interact. It's an interactive screen, so rather than have a, having a fixed set of keys, mm-hmm. you have variable keys based on the application that is currently active. Um, So that means that if you're running uh, Safari, for instance, then rather than having your function keys, you will have maybe a a small icon with the different tabs that you may have opened in Safari. And then just with with a finger, you could quickly switch to another tab. Um, I don't know for Photoshop... Mm-hmm. What you what you could do? I know that for certain apps, it's uh, you can quickly scroll actually uh, either for music or for for uh, video editing. Mm. That with your with your fingers, you can quickly go from one part of your movie to the other part of the movie, rather than than relying on the mouse. Now, what I what I'm a bit spe- skeptical about is the fact that you have to move your hand from a trackpad of the mouse mm-hmm. and go to that part of the screen that we actually rarely use in practice. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, because right now, like I, I have my computer like kind of on like elevated, like adjustable so that I can bring it up or bring it down. And then I have a different, like a separate keyboard in front of that. So f- to like be reaching over to to do stuff like that, I don't know. I guess I guess it would just like everything else takes some getting used to. There's an application called uh, Touche, T-O-U-C-H-E, mm-hmm. and it's a touch bar simulator. Well, it's, it's more than a simulator. It's actually a, it's a virtual touch bar. So it's a, it's a screen that will appear at the bottom uh, near your dock and even if your computer doesn't have a touch bar, you can see what it would look like if your computer had a touch bar. So that may be, uh, that's maybe something you could uh, try out because uh, then you would see for the applications that you use the most what actually the touch bar could bring you. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, interesting. I will put a link to, to that in the show notes as well. Cool. Um, so you have the wired Apple earbuds. Uh, have you been tempted by the AirPods, the, the wireless version? Yeah, again, that was like uh, John did it. And so I was going to wait and see what he said before I got them. He really likes them a lot, but um, I could see the benefits of them. But I guess it's never really bothered me to have the wired ones like even I'll wear them when I'm running or, um, and, and it never really bothered, bothers me. So I'll probably crack and get them at some point, but I don't have them yet. <laughs> have you tried them? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I, f I fell in love. Yeah. <laughs> I must say. Okay. I fell in love with them immediately. Yeah. The um, the experience, actually, the the pairing experience, it's so delightful and. Um, so they they're coming with uh, they're coming in a case, mm -hmm. and actually the case has a battery in it. Oh, meaning that you can take them out, use them, and it's roughly two between two and two and a half hours talk time. Uh, okay. I've tried that uh, during conference calls, and after about two two hours, it starts to <laughs> there's a little sound that that tells you that the battery is getting low. But you put them in the case. And they recharge very quickly, actually. In uh, five minutes, they're already 10, 15% wow. uh, recharge. Uh -huh. It's really, really quick. And, uh, and so, uh, if I, yeah, based on, on my, my experience, I think you can charge them at least five times with the case, just with the case. Oh, wow. That's a great pro, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when, if you want to check the, the battery life, in the two-day view, there is a rigid, there is a battery rigid. So you can look at uh, how much battery is left uh, in, your, in the AirPods. But when the AirPods are in the charging case and you open, when you flick the charging case open, I will, I will show you on mm -hmm. the camera, but sorry, sorry for the listeners. Yeah. Look what's happening. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it shows you exactly. So then what? To Then you charge the case separately? The only thing you, you charge is the case. There is a lightning port at the back of the case. So you, you can use the same cable that you use to charge your iPhone. Mm -hmm. You just plug, plug it in and you can charge it standalone uh, or you can charge it with the AirPods in it. And if the AirPods are in the charger, the charging case, the AirPods will charge first. So it will recharge the, the AirPods and then it will do the case. Ah, okay. And how's the microphone on there? Um, pretty good, actually. Yeah. Pretty good. In t yeah, knowing that I have, I've used that um, when there was traffic around. And uh, yeah, the other person on the, the person on the other side of the conversation barely noticed that I was uh, walking in the street. Ah. And I asked, okay, do you, do you hear me correctly? And yeah, so there is very good noise uh, cancellation technology in the, in the AirPods. And um, my biggest fear was that they would not stay well in, mm -hmm. in my ears, right? Because I had this experience with the wired earbuds that they, if, you, if you pull a little bit on them, they would, they would get, uh, get out. Well, actually, the AirPods are slightly bigger. It's uh, it's not a lot, but it's it's enough for my ears actually to to stay well uh, in it. Mm -hmm. And and because there is no cable, there is actually nothing to pull them. Yeah. So it's they are actually more more stable. I I've used them a little bit for running. And uh, it was okay, actually. Oh, okay. Good to know. You might have just sold me on them. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and the last thing that I really like uh, with those is that uh, you can um, program the behavior of the tapping on the earbuds. Ah. So you can say that, uh, and I, I, I use them all the time for listening to podcasts. Uh, I don't remember now which side. I think it's on the right side. If I double tap... 
I pause the podcast and if I double tap on the left one, I go back 15 seconds. Oh, cool. Oh my goodness. I can't believe this technology. So you don't even need actually to to pull your your phone out of the pocket. Yeah. And actually and, and if you remove um one of the airpods out of your ear, it pauses automatically. It detects whether or not it's in position. Wow. I don't know how they do that, but it's uh it's pretty good. Yeah, very. And so you you don't need to do anything once you've paired them with your iPhone, you just put them in your ears. And you, you hear a little ding ding and they're connected. Wow. Very cool. Okay. I might be ordering them tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next then for you and uh, Entrepreneur on Fire? Yeah. So uh, something really exciting that we have going on right now is we just launched a new free course. Uh, for our audience. It's called Three Hours to Your Big Idea. And the course uh, promises just what the title says. Uh, it's a training that we put together. It's seven vid video modules. And each of the video modules has an exercise and a PDF download to walk you through step-by-step -step the exercises for how to come up with your big idea. And it was really a result of hearing from a lot of our audience members that maybe they had too many ideas and they weren't sure which one to focus on. And as you know, Damien, when you try and spread your focus in many different areas, it's really hard to make progress. And so we really encourage people to focus on one idea, but it's very difficult to know which one you should focus on. So this training will help you get clear with that. And also for people who know that, you know, maybe they want to start a podcast or they want to start a business or they want to um, launch a new product or a new service, it could also help with that if you're kind of starting from scratch and you're not really sure what your next big idea is going to be. This training will walk you through that. So we just launched that this week. We're really excited about it. We're getting some really great feedback. And um, yeah, it's an exciting thing to put out there. And what's the link? So is yourbigidea.io. And uh, yes, so thank you. Thank you very much, Kate, for, for being on the show. Um, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. And so thank you for your time. And more importantly, thank you. There is a, something, something else that I want to plug from you. <laughs> and it's the podcast the journal. Oh, yes. Because uh, it was, um, yeah, thanks to being able to beta test uh, the podcast journal, that that was the catalyst for me to launch uh, Macpreneur. So if, the, <laughs> if there was not uh, the podcast journal, I don't think there would be a, Ma a Macpreneur podcast, at least at this point in, in time in 2018. So. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for that. I'm so happy to hear that. Uh, that's something that we've been working really, really hard on. So that's really great to hear. And congratulations with everything that you've been creating. And I really appreciate you inviting me on to be a part of it. Right. Thank you very much. So for the listeners, all the links will be in the show notes available at macpreneur.com forward slash episode 10. If you enjoy the show, please leave a rating or review by visiting macpreneur.com forward slash iTunes. And if you have a question, comment or if you would like to be a guest on the show shoot me an email at damia.macpreneur.com finally a slight change the next two episodes will be solo shows where i'll explain a little bit more 
in detail my very own setup so the first show will be on my Macs and the second one will be on my iOS devices and uh, after that we'll uh, continue with the uh, interviews so that's it for today and until next time I'm Damien Schroes wishing you a great day Thank you.